Well, good morning. Welcome to Sacred and Small. This is another conversation in liturgy and mission. I am Jason Hill, alongside my partner in liturgy and mission. Jason Buckwalter. Jason Buckwalter. And we are uh, heading into Advent season. And so we thought it would be a good time, considering that the major theme here is liturgy, to talk about um, Advent and what that means in our local worship context. Um, And so, yeah, Jason, let's just start with a very simple question that you can answer. See, Jason's the other Jason, Buckwalter, is going to disagree with me here. But I'm going to call Buckwalter the Advent expert, and I am the I am the Advent um, rookie um, because uh, Advent is is pretty new to us and to our church. Even though I guess I celebrated growing up in a Methodist church, um, but we always thought of that as Christmas. Um, I'm sure that they called it Advent, but if they called it that, I wasn't paying attention because it was just just Christmas, right? You hang the greens, and then it's just just Christmas until the end of Christmas. And then why they're still talking about Christmas after Christmas was beyond me. But that's all I knew growing up. And then we didn't do Advent at all in our church uh, here as pastors for uh, a long time until you and others started to uh, kind of point out to me that, hey, Advent's cool. You should try it. <laughs> it, it really sounds like we're pushing drugs. It uh, does. <laughs> it's like it. It's like here, have, have a little crack cocaine with your right, crack yeah, candle. Yeah. Um, no, just one little drag. I, I'm far from the ex- expert here, and and like you, I think Advent as a term for me growing up was something that was there. You know, like I think we did, we might have done Advent wreaths, and and we'll talk about that in a second. But. Um, it, it didn't go beyond that. And, and it really, like you said, there wasn't a whole lot of differentiation between what Advent is and what Christmas is, or its place in uh, the cycle of the church year. Right. You know what Advent was to me? Advent was a calendar uh, yes. with a little, a little box calendar. When you open the little doors and there's a piece of candy inside, that's Advent. That, fact, that might be the best part of Advent, actually. Yes, and, and I've been told, now I have no experience of this, but that there are Advent wine calendars as well. I've heard this. Sam's Club sells them, and apparently you got to get there early because they go really, really fast. Right, right. Not uh, Nazarene approved. Non-Nazarene approved Advent candle. Right. Nazarenes uh, are perfectly fine with the addictive nature of chocolate, but completely against the um, you know, fermented grape juice. Right. Which is Jesus obviously turned water into grape juice. It's a Welch's. The first, yeah, Welch's. The first Welch's. First Welch's was, was the wedding at Canaan. You get me going there. Okay. Oh, what yeah, is yeah. We could get so, way off topic. Yeah, we, I mean, <laughs> we go there. Way off topic. Way off. But no, I think in some ways there's a point to be made here that that depending if you as the as the listener or viewer, you might be coming in from a more liturgical, traditional, high liturgy kind of church, and you're going to be laughing at us today as we Nazarenes who who um, are just sort of you know getting our feet wet in the idea of something like Advent. We're we're trying to piece this together for us in our history. And so I would love for you uh, to come and, and tell us after this in the comments or whatever exactly what we got wrong according to your tradition. But Advent is the, is the kind of thing that a lot of different churches do in a lot of different ways. Yeah, and, and we're okay with you telling us what we got wrong because I think the conversation that Jason and I have had about liturgy is that it's, it's contextual and, yeah. and there's, there's just no 
there are certain guidelines. It's, it's a guideline. It's not necessarily like, um, you know, God's going to smite you if you don't, if you don't do it correctly. And I think as the church moves along, we've got to understand in, in our current time and place, what that, what that liturgy looks like. Um, but that's, that's just, tell us where we're wrong. We're, we'd love to know how you do it. Um, uh, in your particular context too. Right. So I think I grew up thinking Advent was just like Christmas, right? And, um, or at the very least that it was a time of preparation towards the birth of Christ, you know, that anticipatory thing. Um, but were you aware of that anticipatory thing? I mean, I, I guess I was, but only in the sense that it was the, it was like the time leading to Christmas, not that it was like a sacred special separate part of the church life. Right. And, and I think if there was anticipation, at least growing up, um, it was anticipation for presents on Christmas day and you know, good food and time with family and playing Bible Pictionary uh, with my cousins. And so, uh, yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think it was until I got much older that I realized that um, we're anticipating two different things at the same time. So we are anticipating the incarnation of Christ, Christ um, coming down from heaven, being born as a human, suffering under Pontius Pilate, that whole story arc, right? Uh, by the way, like Advent, the first Sunday of Advent is the beginning of the Christian year. Right. Like uh, I do a children's moment every week. And so I think the first time I was here uh, on, on uh, the first Sunday of Advent, I was like, hey guys, happy, happy new year. And they were just, they thought I was an idiot, which probably hasn't changed much. But anyway, so it's, it's the beginning of a, of a new year. I just want to um, stop right there, though, and point out, just, just for all of you listening, that Jason Buckwalter only devotes a moment to his kids uh, in his service. We, though, integrate our children into the entire life of our worship. So clearly, we're better. I, I just wanted to point that out. Well, they, they participate in other ways as well. But uh, well, uh, baby, baby steps. Um, what was I saying before? I derailed you intentionally, yeah. quite intentionally. I yeah. derailed you. Well, anyway, so it's, it's the beginning of this whole story arc, right? Um, that uh, the Apostles' Creed maybe even kind of, kind of takes us through from birth to um, death and resurrection and ascension. Uh, and um, I don't think we understand fully Advent what it is unless we place it within that context. Yeah. Uh, and, and when we place it in with that context, we get to the second, I think the second thing that we anticipate in Advent, which is Christ's coming again. Right. So right. it's this cyclical nature of anticipation because yeah. we can't, we can't anticipate Christ coming again if we haven't done that um, the first time. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I think that's, and I think that's re really kind of, convinced actually there's two things that convinced me to begin to initiate advent in in our church here in cape Girardeau, missouri um one was this desire to to and i was kind of teasing you about this a minute ago but i was setting this up too this desire to to really integrate all of the generations of our congregation into the life and the action of worship into the liturgy right mm -hmm. because really before this, uh, the adults did the service and the kids were there. And we tried to include them a little bit with children's services here or there or little things. That's why I was joking about the, the moment. Like there might, there might be a special time where we would devote a little bit of time to the kids, but then we would kick them out as fast as possible 
so that we could get on with our adult worship thing, right? And <laughs> I just decided that was silly and not entirely biblical either, especially when you look at the the Old Testament witness and, and worship as families. But, um, you know, Advent gave us this opportunity where we could not, and we'll talk about this as we go, not just do some sort of special cheesy um, kids performance thing one time during the Christmas season, but that we could begin to integrate families into the active participatory worship on a weekly basis. And so when I was thinking about that and talking to other people and, and it sort of realized, Hey, you know, what would be an easy way to do that? What if there was a scripture reading and we lit candles at Advent? you know, <laughs> and you could just get, just get couples and families and kids up there to read the scripture and light the candles and, and off you, off you went. And, and then the second part of that, uh, and we can talk about that part of it. So I'll present this to you in two different formats. The second part of that was realizing then that Advent is the start of the calendar year or, or the, the Christian year. And what better way to start that than, than, several weeks devoted to the idea that Christ is coming. Mm -hmm. Christ is coming. We can anticipate that. He's coming on Christmas, yes, but he is actually coming again. And if we set that as our foundation and then move in that cycle towards Easter and Pentecost on an annual basis, wow, what a powerful movement that becomes. Yeah, because I, I, I think part of the, what, what draws me to the Christian calendar in general is um, – the ability to orient our life around that story in, yeah. in really concrete ways. And so like this, this is the beginning of that. It's the end of it as well. And yeah. uh, I just think for, uh, for, a, for a country that seems to be floundering in a lot of ways, uh, very like unstable. Yeah, you can feel it. Right. I, I don't think. Um, just for context, we're recording this um, at, I, I don't know the date today, October, like 15th, mid-October. Yeah, in 2020. Um, we're just a couple ways from a, a major election in the midst of COVID still. Um, lots of conflict going on in our denomination right now, even. And uh, it's, it's a difficult, difficult time right now. Yeah. And, and so in the midst of that instability, and I think it functioned this way for it has for the church as long as the church is, has ordered, ordered time this way as um, a constant reminder of who's in control and that the story that we're living in um, and participating in has an end that's good. Um, and so, I mean, I guess maybe we could talk about the, the candles that we, you know, a lot of churches light on Advent rings. So right. hope and peace and joy and love. And so like those things, we start at the very beginning to ground ourselves in those things um, in, a, in a particular way. And I, I think kind of, I, I, I don't know that these are separate. And this is where maybe you can, you can educate me or we could, we could turn this out to our viewers and listeners too. Is there, a, is there a distinction between Advent as, as anticipation and, and the coming of Christ, both in, in the incarnation and in, his, in the second coming? And then the second group of, of churches who use Advent as those four themes, hope, peace, joy, love, Christ. Is there a distinction there? Because it seems to me like if you look closely at the Advent scriptures themselves, they try to fit those themes. 
of hope, peace, joy, love, at least to some extent, at least in the Psalms or in the, in the, you know, the gospel or the, the epistle for that week, you can see that, that there, if you look hard enough, maybe not every year, but some of the years. Yeah. I've, I've, I have issues with a lot of responsive readings around this time of year. Um, and and I'll, I'll go looking for some and I've written my own. Our church isn't super into that. And so we're just going to kind of talk about it. And that's what we've done and had the kids participate in lighting candles like you have. Yeah. Um, I, I think it should be. Um, I, I don't know the origins of, and this is where I'm not an expert, right? I don't, of the, of the advent wreath and all of the symbolism there. But I, I feel like um, those four themes are important to the Christian faith and they're important to, um, to the life of Christ and, and everything that he's going to do from this point on in the, in the calendar year. So when you preach this, do you preach those four themes? Uh, you know, I have, I, I, I haven't though recently. I, I think I will tend to, I will have a tendency to do either, uh, okay, this year we're going to focus on uh, the actual Advent Christmas story, right? The, the birth of Christ. And we're going to anticipate his first coming with shades of anticipating of his coming again. And then the next year we'll, we'll do the opposite of that. And so we'll focus. And so it, it hasn't been as huge of a thing. I think if, if, uh, if I can find, if I can find it in the text, we'll talk about it. Um, yeah. But it's not been something that's been super important for me. Yeah. What I've done there, I had, like I said, early on, we used those four themes and we'd talk about them on a weekly basis and I preached on them, but you know, especially now we're in week or year 11 I'm running out of, of Christmas content. <laughs> that, that makes sense. And that's one of the reasons too, I decided to start going towards the lectionary and, and using the lectionary scriptures is that I was running out of things to say without having a, a, a source of information or, or a source of scriptures kind of put together for me in an organized way. So I did hope, peace, joy, love Christ, you know, kind of initially for the first couple of years and then transitioned towards using a variety of, of the, of the lectionary scriptures this year, in fact, 2020, we're going to preach Advent from the Psalms. We're going to, we're going to focus on the Psalms this year, which will be an interesting and different take for us, but on our Christmas Eve service too, and we can talk about how this works. Our Christmas Eve service is when I always bring those themes of hope, peace, joy, love back into it. Yeah. And we kind of walk through kind of basically every every week of Advent, we relight each one of those candles until we then have that big sort of celebratory arrival, right, uh, of, of Christ coming now. He's coming out, and that's when we'll light the Christ candle is because we don't have a Christmas Day service. Um, right. That's when we'll do that, and, and sort of our final celebration of, of Christ is now here. Yeah, but, yeah I, not that he wasn't before, but you know what I mean. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I, and I think that's a great move. I think um, if you don't have a Christmas Eve service, that I don't know what's the point of having Advent is. I, I mean, that seems. Like I thought rather, the same thing. I thought the seems same like thing. a rather strong statement, but and and you'd be surprised if you don't have one. You would be surprised at the turnout you will get. It's not about numbers, but um, you know, you can sink some effort into it, and and people will come. You don't have to even sink some effort into it, but because I think it's still, it's one of those few times that a lot of people will go to church. Yeah. So you have an opportunity um, to preach hope and peace and joy and love and, and how Christ embodies all those things um, at a particular moment. Right. Uh, 
we we've tried to do though um uh kind of a reverse a reverse good friday so our and and i'm sure we'll talk about this in, in a future episode uh we do a like a, a tenebrae service on good friday and so we've got candles and and they're all lit and the christ candles in the middle and we'll tell the story and we extinguish those candles as we get down to the um uh get down to the christ candle if, if you want to see how ours went this year it was time of covid you go to heartland naz facebook page uh and it's on there recorded but um uh so we did it the opposite way we kind of like lit banks of candles on the way telling the stories we had people narrate that and sing songs things like that until we got to the christ candle and then we uh and we lit that thing and sang joy to the world and and, and passed around candles that i lit a candle off of the christ candle and then yeah everybody had those little candle thingies and go on. It's a great way to burn down the church, but also, yes, you know, highly significant. We do the same thing. We like the, we have a family come or do I usually do, I'd have to look at our, at my service order, but uh, either I light the, the Christ candle or I have a family come up and light it. And then, and then off of that, I light the first light and then we, we, we pass it down as people come up and receive communion. We receive communion on, on Christmas Eve. Um, so as they come up and receive the elements, then I light their candles and then, and then we sing silent night. Um, having already sung joy to the world. And you know, that's an interesting part of this. Um, do you guys sing there's cause there's a difference between Advent songs and Christmas songs. And I know you're involved in worship and I'm involved in worship. And by the way, we need to, I need to make sure I get better at this worship through music as opposed right. to worship because worship is, is all the time not just when you're singing um, a song or playing a guitar or a bass. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, do you sing Christmas songs or do you sing Advent songs? Yes. <laughs> um, I, we, don't, we don't use hymns a whole lot. Um, the church we have has been fairly contemporary in its music, which is, which is good. We do, we do music well, I feel like. Uh, we've got a great worship leader who, who leads us in that. And uh, so I've suggested to him, hey, let's, let's try sing more Adventy songs. The reality is there's just not a whole lot of them out there that aren't, um, that aren't hymns. Not that I'm opposed to that. We do sing those, but you can only sing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel so many times. Yeah. Okay. Although you last year. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel for four, four weeks. Well, it does have like, 97 verses so yeah right uh, la last year we did o come o come emmanuel as our song of response and we did a different verse each week uh which was good so yeah it, there's just no way at, at the current moment and i'm only in year three of this too so it's it may be different for you um that just hasn't been something that's been feasible for us just just as it is yeah and i think that for some folks if i if we didn't it just wouldn't be you know, the time leading up to Christmas, if we didn't sing some of those songs. And so yeah, I think yeah. that's a, there's the, uh, the pastoral implications of things, you know, the, the pastoral response, and there's the theological response. And so yeah. sometimes those are at odds, and you got to discern what's the best way to, to do it. Yeah. Is, is it a, is it a hill you're willing to die on or a, or a hat you're willing to jump off a bridge to get? <laughs> that, was a, that was a Jim Deal, uh, former district or general superintendent. Yeah, Church of the Nazarene. Yeah, um, 
you know, for us, Christmas was uh, a big part of the life of our church before we came. Um, they for well, my wife and I are both musical. I play guitar. She's our she's our worship leader. Before we were around, um, the previous pastor who was here for twenty years, uh, they were both involved in music evangelism before they became senior pastors. So they, I mean, just music, 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 everything was music all the time. And so there was a strong tradition around Christmas of decorating the church and and really making it feel different and and distinct from the rest of the church life and seasons um and they sing christmas songs hymns uh for basically from the week after thanksgiving basically advent the week after after thanksgiving all the way through till till christmas eve and so yeah i mean we kind of we kind of kept that i i have tried to work in um some of the come songs come thou long expected jesus now is how we start um, our Christmas season, so that we kind of throw a little this a little Adventiness <laughs> right there at the beginning, and then we've organized our Christmas songs around themes. So we'll have a Joy Week, and we'll have a, a Come Thou Week, um, and then we have an Angels Week, which is sort of interesting. But there's a lot of Angels Christmas songs that people like that are literally about the angels, and so so we have a week for that too. But um, I, I think that's great how you've, you've um, make those themes kind of flow. Yeah, because I'm just all about, you know, so focused on, on not just doing random songs because we like them on any given week, but, but, but putting together a, 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 well, a liturgy. I mean, this is what this is about, right? A liturgy that makes sense, a, a movement of the people in response to what God's doing. And typically, you know, those weeks will tie in pretty closely with the, with the call to worship scripture, which for us is, is the Psalm usually from the lectionary or, or the story that we're going to be looking at in, in the gospel. And, uh, and it works without, without just being a bunch of random fun Christmas songs. Yeah. Which is, which is uh, part of the reason when you plan ahead, right. Uh, for, yeah. Right. For preaching it, um, so that you can have time to, to think about what songs would be appropriate that really uh, work in concert with, uh, the theme of the week and, and the scripture passages. Uh, and I, I think that's one thing uh, Sam, our worship minister, uh, really does well. He pays attention to that and, and gets us together. Yeah. Uh, you have the benefit of being married to yours. So I'm sure that that, um, that flavors things quite a bit as well. Uh, I'm really glad you talked about uh, decorating. Yes. Because... Um, that can get that can get weird too. Uh, people have their traditions about the things that get put out. They do. Uh, <laughs> they do. Yeah. About when it gets put out. About when it gets taken down. Yeah. Um, you know, some churches make a big community event out of decoration, mm -hmm. doing the decoration together, and then. Do you do that, or do you not? Uh, no, we we don't. Uh, the church I served before did ish, uh, mainly because this, the platform had like thirty seven Christmas trees on it, and right. Uh, we don't do that. So for us, at least how it looks in our context is I've, I've told our folks who do that, like, I'd like it to be up by the first week of Advent, not before, and not taken down until, you know, the last week of Christmas or, or Epiphany. Yeah, Epiphany. Yeah, that's what we do now, too. Yeah, we make a pretty big deal of it because it's such a part of the life of our church and, mm -hmm. and what we usually do. I don't know that we're going to be able to this year. We'll have to see because COVID's really gotten in the way of this. Um, but we will we'll come and we'll do a hanging of the greens. And I, th I think for some churches, it's more significant, like a liturgical event. 
than it yeah. is for us. But we just literally, you know, drag out the Christmas trees and and put them up and light them and get all the decorations out. And you know, it's interesting. You mentioned like traditions, and I, I, there's there's one that I find interesting for us. Uh, there was a couple, the McNeely sisters at Cape Girardeau, who were part of our church for a long, long time, you know, decades and decades. They came when they were little girls, and and um, the oldest one passed away at like age 98, I think, and they were at our church the entire time. Um, and um, one of them, Hannah, uh, passed away around Christmas time, and so they had a a, a plastic sort of wreath that they put together or bought. And they brought it at Christmas and we left it on our platform, uh, both during Hannah's funeral. And then, and then it remained there kind of through that first Christmas season as a, as a memory of, of Hannah. Well, now, now, seven years, <laughs> right, seven years later, that, that Christmas wreath in memory of Hannah has to sit on top of our closed baptismal because that's where it goes in memory of, of not just Hannah now, but all of the McNeely sisters. So we have this literal funeral wreath uh, that, that's like the only, <laughs> only real decoration we have on our stage, um, on our platform, uh, is right there on our baptismal at Christmas, and it has to be there. And I, I, I try, I meant, like I mentioned my wife, not, not throwing her under the bus here, but I mentioned this to, to Jessica. At one point, I'm like, you know, do we really need to, to keep putting this up? I mean, it's a, it's, you know, we don't have anything else up here that's like this. She's like, oh, yeah, absolutely we do. Of course we do. What, what do you mean? It's not like not even, a, <laughs> not even something we think about before. It's an unintended tradition that now will never be changed. And that's okay. That's okay. Which I think speaks to the power of tradition, right? And, and I think and if anybody, anybody who's in a small church knows this. Yes. You, you know what that thing is that um, if you were to try to change it, you'd be, you'd be packing up your house and moving the next week. Right. Um, so I think Advent and the things that you, you might do, if you can, if they can take on enough meaning within the life of your congregation, uh, then they can become like that in, yes. in, in theory to, to the point where like, okay, I, I missed communion this week. Like I, I, I physically wanted to have it, you know, like that feeling and, yeah. uh, that a lot of people have with, with traditions. And so I think it's, it's part of how we shape and form ourselves and our congregations. Yeah. And I think that's, especially in a small church environment, that's where we're talking about here, small church environments. It's probably also true of large churches, but it's particularly true of small churches. Yeah. That if you're sitting there and you're listening to this and you think, man, it'd be great if I did a little bit more of the admin in my church. All you need to do is take one year, one year, and, and do the things that you normally do, but along with that, say, just to kind of do things a little different, let's try this this year, and let's do, let's light the candles this year, and, and we'll talk about hope and peace and love and joy, or we'll, we'll sing some of the Christmas hymns, or we'll, we'll do this, whatever it is that you, a Christmas Eve service, whatever it is you want to do. If you do that one year, that might be enough for you to basically create a tradition in the, in the, in the hearts and the minds of your people. And then the question the next year will be not pastor, what is this weird thing we're doing? But Hey, pastor, we're we doing that thing again. I thought that was what we do now. And that's really what you're looking for. If you're ever looking to change something in a small church, uh, you're wanting that, that attitude. Isn't that what we do now? And yeah. simply by doing it um, in a, in an unthreatening or simple way as an experiment or a trial for a period, you can create that. This is who we are 
mindset that then becomes part of your identity. So like we started with scripture readings for kids. Then we started putting some, some colors, some decorations. We use blue, sometimes blue and gold. I like to distinguish between Advent and Lent. Mm -hmm. um, and so we use blue colors at Christmas and we use um, purple for Lent. And so, so I started putting some blue colors up and, and it's just, it, now it's just who we are, just what we do. And there's no question about it. Yeah, and, and I think I'm trying to find something here. I think it might be helpful if I could share my screen in a little bit. Um, I think, uh, hold on. Yeah, I think that, um, I think that one of the things that's worked for me is in addition to that, whatever you said there is to communicate just how meaningful and formative it has been for me. Right. Uh, and, and to say, like, I think I've said this before, um, like, I don't care what you think of it. We're going to do it because it's meant so much to me. Now I don't, uh, my, our congregation is funny. So they, they took it maybe not so much as like an ultimatum. Like we're, we're going to do this whether you like it or not, but um, as an expression of like, just how meaningful this has been for me and how important it's been for my own formation. And so I want to share it with yeah. you out of join with me on this journey. Yes. That I, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And, and we, we started with the kids too. Even, even I, um, I started ministry serving, a, a church and a pastor that wasn't concerned with these things at all. Like at, and one year, uh, we were having a conversation and he was going to start something on that first week of Advent that was, or we was going to finish something up and, or do something. I don't, can't remember what it was, but he wasn't going to do Advent. Like we were just going to, it would be Christmas. And I remember his wife saying, no, you have to do Advent. Like, <laughs> uh, and so we started working that into children's curric curriculum and uh, talking about like that in, in their classes as we started to, to work it into the, the regular kind of life of the church. And uh, over a course of years, it, it just became what we, what we did. Um, you said colors. This isn't great in terms of colors. But hold on, maybe I can, can I share my screen today? I should be able to give you permission. Yeah. What, what I have here is... Um, you should be able to now. And if you're just listening, uh, you won't be able to see it. But um, this is just basically the, the Christian year. And so obviously we're talking about Advent um, right there and it's purple. Uh, and this is kind of where it goes. So this is the story of God that takes us from Advent to Pente uh, Pentecost. And there's different names for these, this common time or the week Pentecost or things like that. This is just one of the graphics I had. And so it has special Sundays in it, um, Saints Day, Christ the King Sunday. Uh, and so like the colors match up with that. So Easter can be gold, Advent is purple or blue, um, Lent's going to be black for the entire season of Lent. Black. I've no. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Yeah, I think that's what I think that's what we know. Well, no, I think maybe we do. Maybe we do purple. Yeah. Yeah, we do purple. Uh, maybe I can. Uh, I don't want to take all of our time doing this, but yeah, one, one more, one more. Here we go. This is one I think I made. Uh, oh yeah. So that, that's a little bit clearer. Um, Epiphany is, is green and, uh, yeah, story of God, story of God's people. Um, 
because I think that makes sense. You know, starts with Jesus. We get all the way to Pentecost, and then we get you know tell stories of the church, and then back around. So yeah, that's part of that's part of how we began to do it, and, and colorful things like that I think were helpful, especially for our children. That one was specifically for our kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, Advent. Uh, anticipation of the coming of Christ, both in the incarnation and coming again. Um, that brings up all kinds of questions about what to preach and, and how to preach. And maybe we'll, maybe we'll address that in, a, in an upcoming uh, episode. But as you are planning for this season, if this is completely foreign to you, maybe you can take some of these ideas and, and start incorporating. Maybe if you just use the colors or a little bit of scripture reading with families or lighting the candles this year, it could be a great way to um, add some whole church, some whole congregation um, worship and liturgy uh, in response to this this season. Yep. Any final thoughts, Buck Walter? Um, you know, no. I, I think that we probably missed a whole lot of things, but uh, I think for me, like I said, Advent has been something that has taken on greater meaning than it ever had before. I, you know, in my childhood or as as a even as a young adult and um, I'll look forward to it and how it kind of sets the, the stage for the rest of the year. And uh, anyway, I like it. I look forward to it every year, although it does take a little bit of planning. Yeah. Um, but you get something that works and just kind of rework it and, and do it. Anyway, yeah, no, that's it. Great. Well, we will see you next time on Sacred and Small with more about Advent. Have a great week. Jason, may the peace and grace of the Lord be with you and also with you.